When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Rolling through a Tuesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio here. It's Elijah Herbal and Connor Clark filling in for Chris Schmidt, who's got the day off taking care of his lovely wife. And uh, I'm sure also enjoying his Valentine's Day as uh, he'll be back with us tomorrow on this show. But uh, for now, it's Connor and myself. And we're excited to welcome in Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. And Mitch... Valentine's Day, yay or nay? We had a comment in from Dion a little bit earlier saying he's been married for 40 years and that Valentine's Day is absolutely the worst, most stupid holiday ever invented. I think Connor and I are both in agreement, uh, both of us being single here. So I want to get your take. Valentine's Day, yay or nay? Well, I definitely don't have 40 years of marriage, but um, I have 20, which is half of that. So, yeah, you know, I think it reaches a point where if you have if you ha- if you have a good relationship, Choose I think your it reaches a point where <laughs> you are in agreement on how this day works, and it can be big or it can be not much at all. And here, at least this year, it's not going to be a whole lot. We went out to dinner on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday night had a nice dinner. Avoided the Valentine's uh, commercialization. And that, I guess, on whatever it was, February 11th or 10th, was our pre-Super Bowl Valentine's Day. Tonight, just a regular eat-at-home night. And when you say that, is it going to be heart-shaped pizza order out? Is that your style? No. No, I don't think so. I don't even know what it is yet. It's 4.30, and, you know, we're just living by the, by the hour, as, as is normal. Mitch Sherman's with us here at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. And, Mitch, the, the topic... Of Well, I guess I'll say the weekend, and something Schmidt and I hit on a lot yesterday was the news that Nebraska has plans to reduce the size of the walk-on program here over the next couple seasons, and it's it's labeled as a way in order to get Nebraska back within Title IX compliance, but, but my take is that there's probably other ways for Nebraska to become Title IX compliant if they so choose. Uh, cho- so chose to do so, but whenever you look at this, it's it almost feels like, at least to me, Trev Albert's taking a little bit of pressure off of Matt Rule with Matt Rule saying, you know what, walk-on program's a little bit bloated. We probably don't need it with Title IX. And Trev saying, you know what, this is going to come from the athletic director, at least in the news re- release. And that's just how I'm reading in between the lines. So I want to get your take on that with, with Nebraska's plans to reduce the, the size of the walk-on program here over the next couple seasons. Yeah, you know, I think it's a, it's a collaboration between the two of them. And, and I talked to Trev last week and have a story coming out tomorrow, not about the walk-on program specifically, but about the – new facility and, and the functionality of the new facility and, and how Nebraska, Trev Alberts, and Matt Rule in particular plan to use this building to help elevate the program and get Nebraska back where they believe it should be in college football. And, and you know, some of that involves roster size. And Nebraska could have accommodated a large roster, but 150 players is not in Matt Rule's vision of what a functional, and, and you know, I, I think that word comes up, functionality with the, the facility, functional with what he wants to do 
in his program. 150 players is not within his um, his vision of what a functional program looks like when it's operating most efficiently. You know, I, that rule is not here to do away with walk-ons by any stretch. As as he's quick to to let you know, he was himself a walk-on at Penn State. His football career exists only because of the opportunities that are afforded to walk-ons. And he wants to give walk-ons at Nebraska the kind of opportunity that he had as a player at Penn State. So what I think you'll see is while there are fewer walk-ons on the roster, and you might eventually get down to a roster size that's more in line with what's what's normal around the Big Ten and maybe 120 players. So that's still uh, 35 walk-ons on top of the 85 scholarship players. Those players are going to have opportunities and um, – and things at their disposal that are in line with what the scholarship players get. And that, that, that I would not say that that is, has been the case um, in recent years at Nebraska or, or in, in, in the history at Nebraska. Walk-ons have had to earn their keep, and they've been in a different locker room. They've at times been, been treated differently. Now they have the opportunity to get up to, to the starting lineup and, and be major contributors and get to the NFL and, and do things that scholarship players do. But it's um, – you know, I think the new Nebraska under Matt Rule with walk-ons, the opportunities are going to be there from the beginning for for these players, um, as opposed to them coming in and being tackling dummies until they um, beat the odds and, and earn their keep. It'll still be a challenge. There will still be much required of them to make an impact on the program on the field on Saturdays. But where they start, where they begin their careers, isn't going to look the same. Mitch, you wrote a great story at the end of last week about Matt Rule's love for Nebraska and, and how his efforts out in the recruiting trailer are, are growing him a, a fan base in the state of Nebraska just because of you know how much he's working to, I shouldn't say to get the fans of Nebraska to love him, but just to, to put himself out there as a person that can relate to the state of Nebraska. And I want to get your take. Does reducing the size of the walk-on program fly in the face of, of his love for Nebraska just because of how much... Nebraskans love the walk-on program and how much they love even individual walk-ons, people that they're proud of, whether it be a, a nephew, someone within their hometown, uh, a former high school teammate. Do you think that that flies in the face of, of what Matt Rule's doing, trying to, trying to, you know what, show his love to the state of Nebraska? Well, if he was going to go and cut the entire walk-on program, then I'd say yes, but um, you know that's not what we're looking at. As, as I said, you, you're going to have 30 or 35, maybe 40, probably more this year, walk-ons on the roster um that's and and most of those players are going to be from nebraska so the opportunity for nebraska players who go unrecruited and don't get the scholarship attention that that um they would desire is still going to be there for the the top line players to walk on in nebraska and and you see that in this 2023 class i think you'll see it in the next class in 2024 the majority of the walk-ons in the first group that, that Matt Rule signed are, are from Nebraska high school. So that opportunity is still there. And, and like I said, I, you know, I, I think when, when those guys get to campus and they get into the, that, that new building and, the, and they are a part of the Nebraska program, the experience for walk-ons, because there is a smaller number of them, is going to be a better one than, than it was in, in previous times in Nebraska, uh, uh, with Nebraska football. Look, look you know, college football is, is not the same. Um, as as it ever was things have changed and you know the reality of bringing in 35 or 40 kids who aren't on scholarship um you know it's just it, it isn't the same as as it was when tom osborne or frank solich coached and you know it didn't work 
um, with Scott Frost in, in that way. So I think that the adjustment that you see here in going to a smaller roster, and again, it's not a 90-man roster. It's probably going to be a 120-player roster, is one that's not only beneficial for the kind of program that Matt Rule wants to run, it's also most efficient when considering everything that exists in college football today with opportunities for players who might have once been walk-ons at Nebraska to go play in the FCS or, 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 do, you know, or do other things with their careers. Mitch Sherman is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Mitch, I agree because, you know, you reduce the um, amount of walk-ons and it seems like that the experience for them is going to be more positive. And it also felt like, especially under the Frost administration, that the roster was just like overwhelmingly big with the amount of walk-ons that were on that roster. So, I mean, to me, I think it's a good thing. I understand that the tradition is rich and I'm a little bit newer to it, but I mean, in the long haul, and you said it best, I mean, college football is different now, and it's it's a lot harder as a walk-on, too, to kind of get that starting shot with the transfer portal, NIL, and all that. I think a lot of people want to, wanted to romanticize things in recent years and feel like a 150-player roster under Scott Frost was the same thing as a 150-player roster under Tom Osborne, and it just wasn't, in part because of things that were outside of the coaching staff's control at Nebraska, like the changing face of college football, and in part because of the way that the program was run. If, if you're a walk-on and you don't practice and you stand there and watch practice five days a week, you never get out there and get the opportunity with the top players to compete, is that really the situation that you want for walk-ons? Or do you want all your walk-ons to have an opportunity on some level? You know, they're still going to have to earn their way. But I think, I think the, the, the second option is best, and that seems to be the direction that Nebraska's trending. Mitch, last thought here on the walk-ons before we, uh, we move on. Do you think Matt Rule's own personal history being a walk-on at Penn State will uh, affect how the walk-on program is run moving forward? I, I don't think there's – has there ever been another Husker coach who they themselves were a walk-on to a football program? I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. That's a great question. You know, Frank Solich kind of had the uh, – the, um, <laughs> the story of a walk-on as somebody who was who was undersized and maybe was an underdog um, at times, you know, a little fullback. But um, I believe out of Pennsylvania, coming to play for Bob Devaney, he was a scholarship player. Um, and, you know, you go through the list, and, you know, obviously Scott Frost was a super high-profile recruit, and those are the only guys who played in Nebraska, you know, in the in the modern era. Of, of college football. Of course, Matt Rule was at Penn State. Um, no, I, I don't know the situation necessarily. I mean, we, we, you can, we, we can get down and talk about Mike Riley and Bill Callahan and all those guys and what their, what their thoughts were on walk-ons, what their history was as, as players. Um, you know, they're all, they're all different. They're all going to bring their own experiences. Um, yeah, Elijah, I, I, I do think that his experience, that Matt Rule's experience, as a walk-on at Penn State in the '90s, will help shape um, and ensure it will help shape the experience that experience that walk-ons have in Nebraska, and will ensure that they, they continue to be valued. Um, he's lived it firsthand. He's been a head coach for long enough now that I think we know he's not going to change one or two years into this thing and all of a sudden look at walk-ons in a, in a different kind of way. Uh, he values them. There are a number of players on his staff who were walk-ons, either for him at Temple or at other places, like Corey Campbell, the the, the strength coach, um, who was a walk-on at Georgia. So um, he wants to help shape the, the lives of these players, and, and um, you know that's not going to stop. 
uh, as, as this thing continues in Lincoln. Mitch, last thought here before we get you out, and we really appreciate your time here this afternoon. Uh, Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Monken on his way to Baltimore, and I think a lot of Husker fans reading in between the lines here with, with Dylan Raiola as well as Georgia offering another quarterback within the past week and a half or so. What is your reaction to that news? Well, um, you know, he has an established, Dylan Raiola has an established relationship with Georgia and its coaching staff. And, and, you know, in my conversations with Dylan, and I wrote about him a couple weeks ago and spent some time with him and his family in Arizona, um, Todd Monken, the, the OC at Georgia, you know, he didn't come up uh, in, in, our, in our talks when, when the subject went to Georgia. He talked more about others there in Athens and, and Kirby Smart, the head coach. So, um, you know, it doesn't help, I, I would imagine, um, to, to have a change in, in not just the OC, but – uh, Munkin coached the the quarterbacks uh, for for Georgia, and you see, as you mentioned, you see this Georgia recruiting class for 2024 taking shape, and there's a quarterback commitment among that that group that Georgia has, and they've they've made another offer to an in-state player. Um, so you know, all of those things can be analyzed, and and you know, you can say, well, this this helps Nebraska, and and. and no, because clearly Georgia is is one of the main competitors to, to 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 get his commitment here in the next few months with Nebraska and and USC. Um, but it's you know I don't know entire. I haven't asked. I haven't talked to him about this specific situation or anybody in his family. So I, I we'll, we'll just have to see how it plays out. You know I think Georgia, you know they immediately elevated Mike Bobo, um, who was on staff when when as an analyst when Georgia began its recruitment of Dylan Rayola. So. You know, it's not going to be an entirely new face for him when they when they go back to Georgia next month. Um, you know, it, it, we'll just have to see how it plays out. Nebraska is going to get its shot at the end of March to have him on campus, and it may be that Nebraska's shot there in March is the last one, the last look that he takes at campus before he commits. It's possible that he'll want to make his decision around April first, and if that's the case, um, you know, you like the position that Nebraska's in as the last one to be able to take a crack at him. Mitch Sherman's with us here. Find him on Twitter at Mitch Sherman. And Mitch, appreciate your time here on a Tuesday. Enjoy your Valentine's Day Eve, all right? All right. Thanks. Same to you guys.